0: Hi, I'm the Strategious Cowboy. This week I'm reviewing one Swedish pilsner beer and I set it up against a famous Irish Stout beer. You know that one. It's the one and not exactly only, but number one from Guinness. The two beers reviewed today are in order Skonsk Pilsner and Guinness Extra Stout. Our first contestant is the Skonsk Pilsner beer from the for us, old acquaintance, brewery Remalé. Skånsk pilsner is translated Skanian pilsner, Scania being the south region of Sweden. The Skånsk pilsner beer assortment is brewed with water, barley malt, hops, and yeast. The barley malt and the hops are all cultivated in Scania. The brewery claims that the beer is ecological, and in fact, it has got a European Union declaration mark that confirms that it is ecological. The beer is good into mid-December 2022, according to the best before date on the bottle label, and it is the 22nd of April now. I purchased this beer about five months ago. The Skånsk Pilsner beer assortment comes in a size 33 centiliters or 11 liquid ounces long-neck bottle. It's a standard bottle here in Sweden. The bottle label is not very imaginable, but there is a scanian red flag with a yellow cross unfurled on it. The bottle label is one-folded. The beer costs about 20 Swedish kronor i.e. 2 US dollars. The cost for this Pilsner beer is 73 cents per 4 ounces of beer. It is cheap, but it is a Pilsner, so still not very cheap. But it has got a high level ABV for a Pilsner, so where does that leave us? The preferred serving temperature is according to Systembloget between 8 to 10 degrees Celsius i.e. about 46 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit. The brewery says 6 to 8 degrees Celsius, i.e. about 43 to 46 degrees Fahrenheit on the bottle label about preferred serving temperature. The Skonsk Pilsner has got a 5% ABV. How about the experience then? It's got, it has got a nice pizzer aroma. It's, it hasn't got even a one finger tall head. Uh, Half a finger, a little bit more and it's a pilsner color, yellowish, clear in color, of course. The first impression is... uh, It's a good pilsner, I think. It's a first impression. It's rich for a pilsner, it's 5% ABV, so it's not bread-like, it's not yeasty, it's malty, definitely. The taste of my palate is, is fairly bitter, this beer. It is. It's a little bit sweet, but not much. Mm. Bitter, it's bitter and uh, uh, not very hoppy, I think, but it's bitter still. It's not uh, candy like, and there are not exactly any fruitiness in it. It might be spiced. No herbs that I can detect and the undertone is pisner bitter. I think it's bitter. Maybe I'm wrong. Should be able to decide that. For a pisner it is the carbonation level uh, i don't know yet it's not creamy of course and it's not acidic it's a little bit uh, uh. no i won't say that uh maybe pine needle like a little bit uh, not exactly pine needle but uh, it's better than pine needle because pine needle is an aberration according to me It might be some syrup in it, but it's not sure. It's not for sure because um, it's it's got a five percent ABV, and that's pretty high for a pilsner. It's uh, it's in the upper end of a normal pilsner without having to use syrup in it or or something. to get it to ferment more and uh, create a higher ABV level. So uh, I don't think they have uh, syrup, but there might be. Actually, there might be a little bit uh, clove-like, you could say these beers. But other than that, I won't say anything else. Okay, what about grading then? I grade this beer as a prisoner. If I compare it to other prisoners and other prisoners only. This is in the upper end. So I'd say um, Pilsner Eight, eight out of ten possible, but as a beer, uh, any beer, like any beer, compared to Aids and everything, uh, uh, all the beers, I'd say that this beer is. Uh, Four devils out of ten possible, but that's comparing to ales and uh, wheat beers and everything. So it's not surprising that a Pilsner gets four devils out of ten. but yeah, that's it. Okay, let's move on to our second contestant. Our second contestant for this week is the Guinness Extra Stout Bottled. I have tried another Guinness beer, Guinness Extra Drought in a can early on in this show. That Guinness had a lower ABV than do this bottled one or a mere 4.2%. That Guinness also had a cartridge in the can that was supposed to give the beer a really nice head or beard. But even though it was creamy, at least the aftertaste, the aftertaste was a disappointment. I have heard that only if you go to Ireland you can have a good Guinness, and then it's poured from a beer keg. Please don't let it be true. The ingredients in the Guinness Extra Stout are water, malt, barley and roasted barley, hops and yeast. I purchased this particular beer about five months ago or four. The expiration date on the bottle is October 2022. We are in mid or late April now. The Guinness Stout beer assortment comes in a nice chubby, short-necked, standard size 33 centiliters, i.e. 11-liquid liquid ounces bottle. This beer bottle's label, of course, has a harp on it. You have all seen it. No need to explain any further. This beer assortment costs about 20 Swedish Kronor i.e. 2 US dollars. That is 73 73 cents per four ounces of beer. The preferred serving temperature is according to Sustenblogget 12 to 14 degrees Celsius, i.e. about 54 to 58 degrees Fahrenheit. The the brewery says nothing on their website, nor do they say anything on the bottle label about preferred serving temperatures, at least not in English, but then again it is a Guinness. The Guinness Extra Stout has got a 5% ABV. How about the experience then? It's got a sweet aroma. I don't think the head looks uh, like if you had, I guess if you had poured it in Ireland. It's it's not a one finger tall head anyway. It's under a one finger tall. Or one finger tall it is. Yes, it is. It's a little bit bubbly, not even and brownish. Okay, the color is of course black, pitch black. And then the aroma is coffee and chocolate. Yeah, the first impression of this beer. It is of course a good beer, Uh, no denying of that. But I guess if I tried this in an Irish bar, it would have tasted better. But it's very good, Uh, first impression, and uh, it's rich. It's dark, perhaps dark bread-like, but I... (sighs) No, I I wouldn't call it dark bread-like, perhaps, but uh, I don't want to throw in a lot of superlatives or anything in a beer when I review them. naked bread, okay, let's say that. Is a Perhaps it's difficult to assess or assert, ascertain, and. Uh, I'd say that it's malty. But this this is a stout and a stout can be malty, can it not? Who knows? Taste on my palate. The head is all gone now um the, the taste on my palate nice taste good toast uh um uh, stout taste excuse me uh sweetness not very sweet It's not very bitter. I can't sense any hopiness in it, but it's it's a start. So uh, that uh, flavor may drown in the the pumpernickel's taste, or the coffee taste, or, or, or the chocolate taste. It's more coffee taste than chocolate taste. It's not candy-like. Let's see here what it says on the bottle. Well, they, they have Gaelic uh, letters uh, uh, written on the bottle. So it's (laughs) difficult to interpret those into English or Swedish or in any language. Isn't it called Gaelic letters? I think so. It looks like Jewish, uh, written Jewish, but uh, I guess it's not. It must be Gaelic or Irish. Uh, Yeah. It may have a little bit of uh, grapefruit uh, taste, peels taste, grapefruit fruit peel taste, or orange peel taste, or lemon peel taste. Um, yeah, it's a. Uh, It's in there. It's not that uh, complex. This beer is not that complex. It's... Uh, you can discern, discern the, the flavors in it. I think. Spices, I don't know. Herbs, I don't know. I don't think so. The undertone is... Uh, The undertone is a little bit sweet, perhaps, sweetness. And the carbonation level, I don't know. I don't think it's very high. I'd say that uh, this beer isn't particularly creamy, uh, which, which actually surprises me. Because uh, the other beer I tried from Guinness, what was that called? It was called uh, 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 Guinness Extra Drought. That was creamy as I remember it. Excuse me. Sorry. Again, so it must be some carbonation level. Uh, it's not acidic, and there are no aberrations. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, let's see. More coffee-like than chocolate-like. Okay, what about grading then? This is a good beer. How many devils do I grade this beer? Well, even though it's not poured in an Irish pub, I grade this beer Nine devils out of ten possible. Is that good enough? I could have said ten, but uh, I did it. I think nine devils. It's sufficient. Okay, absolutely don't drink and operate heavy machines, military or civilian. Drink responsibly or not at all. Don't drink at all if you're underage or pregnant. This week's lesson I call Gio, Mio and Leo. No, it is not boys' names. Camera technology has evolved. A modern space camera is very different from its Earth counterpart. These cameras are based on mirror technology, just like a mirror telescope, and require at least three mirrors to get a good picture. It has no lenses. The mirrors cost as much as an Aston Martin. The camera detector itself, which converts the photons into electrons that the computer can interpret, is similar to that of ordinary cameras that store the images on a memory card. Then the camera downloads the images to Earth. Geostationary satellites. The further out you launch a satellite, the longer its orbital period is. It has been found that when you launch satellites in the direction of rotation of the Earth in circumference around the Earth's equator at about 22,300 English miles or 35,680 kilometers from the Earth's surface, the satellites get in an orbit around the equator above exactly the same coordinate positions on Earth. Following the Earth one revolution per day, and the Earth rotates one revolution per day. These satellites are called geostationary satellites. Signal reconnaissance may over time show to be most cost effective with a single geo satellite. But since the geostationary orbit is about 100 times farther than orbits near the Earth, it becomes much more difficult to detect signals from the geostationary orbit. The satellite therefore requires a very large antenna area with an area of 10,000 square meters, i.e. a 50 meters radius. On the other hand, only a single satellite is needed for both tactical and strategic signals intelligence because you can utilize the whole day for the entire frequency range as you wish. We cannot send up a geostationary satellite from Sweden. Geostationary satellites have a broadcasting for the distribution of information to a large number of receivers, which is suitable for transmitting large amounts of data, e.g. images, maps, location information, and early warning of ballistic missiles using IR telescopes, and for satellite linking. A geo-satellite can reach 40% of the Earth's surface, hence the name Broadcasting. The advantage of the geo-orbit is that you can aim the antennas on the ground towards a fixed point in the sky. Global Navigation Satellite System, GNSS. They orbit in a grid around the Earth at an altitude of approximately 20,000 to 21,000 kilometers. Polar orbit. A polar orbit is a satellite orbit where the satellite passes over or almost over both poles at each revolution around the Earth. It therefore has an orbit that is close to 90 degrees in relation to the equator. A satellite in polar polar orbit will pass the equator at different longitudes with each revolution around the globe. Polar orbits are often used for Earth mapping, observation of the globe, reconnaissance as well as for certain weather satellites. Motorola satellite constellations also use a polar orbit for their telecommunications services, as there is low signal coverage north of the 71st parallel for geostationary telecommunications satellites. A satellite passing directly over the pole would not maintain its solar synchronous orbit due to the Earth's equatorial bulge. But a satellite with a small inclination of 8 degrees obtains a torque that causes a precession, i.e. adjustment, at an orbit at 100-minute intervals. A satellite can can hover over one and the same pole much of the time, albeit from far away. If it uses a highly elliptical orbit, with a maximum apogee, i.e. altitude, over that area. Near polar orbiting satellites. They usually use a solar synchronous orbit. We can come back to that. With each recurring orbit taking place at the same local time of day, at maximum every other day for a satellite a solar synchronous lower orbit a solar synchronous lower orbit keeps the timetable better but the atmosphere quickly affects satellites with an orbit of a few hundred kilometers above the earth's surface a commonly used altitude is about 1000 kilometers which gives an orbital time of about 100 minutes Half the orbital time, the time on the sunny side or the time on the shadow side, then takes only 50 minutes. In order to maintain the sun synchronous orbit as the Earth revolves around the Sun during the year, the satellite must oscillate slightly at the same rate relative to the Earth's axis. Polar sun synchronous orbit synchronous orbit SSO. You often want a repetitive ground track, i.e. a subsatellite i.e. a subsatellite point on the map that repeats itself every day when observing the Earth with camera imaging sensors. Solar synchrony. synchrony SSO is an almost polar orbit that passes the equator at the same local solar time at each passage. Solar synchronism can be combined with repetitive ground tracks. Solar synchronization is useful for camera imaging satellites, since shadows will be the same at each passage. Orbits of the polar sun-synchronous orbit type are interesting for imaging purposes, purposes, and you need more than three satellites for that purpose alone. But we are mainly interested in signal reconnaissance satellites. We need a combination of small, cheap signal reconnaissance and communication satellites in one. The purpose of so-called warning satellites are primarily two. One, warn of a ballistic missile attack. Two, estimate the location of the launch site to be able to identify attackers. Three, calculate the impact site in order to take defense measures. In order to obtain sufficient warning to take protective measures with regard to short range missiles, These must be detected already at the time of launch, i.e. in the initial phase. An alternative that is available is then monitoring by means of LEO and or /or HEO satellites. That's low Earth orbit or high Earth orbit satellites. The satellites detect the heat radiation from the hot combustion gases with infrared light detectors, IR telescopes, during the launch phase. The warning satellite may transmit the information over long distances to a geosynchronous satellite that links down to the ground station at the missile base. The third part of a missile defense is an advanced warning radar that determines the warhead's trajectory and location Accurately and sends data to the defense missile that can adjust course. <coughs> Excuse me. Multiple communication satellites with signal reconnaissance sensors can provide targeting data to weapon systems. The communication is mainly emitted from the sensors, but it is also conceivable that commands are sent out to the sensors as well as that there may also be a need to control certain sensors remotely. However, it is not certain that satellite communications can always be used on the ground. Terrain obstacles are a limiting factor, as in principle, a clear view of the satellite is needed at the frequencies used. Communication satellites can be used for communication to to and from aircraft UAVs, aircraft slash UAVs, for transmitting early warning information to the operational level. Data from reconnaissance aircraft, SUAVs, and other flying sensors need to be communicated communicated to affected personnel on the ground. In order to quickly collect reconnaissance images, these must be transmitted with a radio link. SUAVs with long range and long endurance can look far beyond the radio horizon for ground nodes and then link the signals from the satellite to the ground node. It is also conceivable that the satellite from the UAV links links, e.g. SAR images, down to a ground ground station. Satellite communication can be used to to advantage for communication to and from ships, as these often operate in areas beyond beyond the radio horizon. And the sources for this lesson was FOI informs about space, utility and technology. Number four, 2005. five. Four Future Systems for Satellite Reconnaissance from March 2000. See you later alligator at a wild crocodile. Oh, thank you.